Hi, welcome to the Winners Find A Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Need to hydrate but tired of plain old water? You need rebellious infusions. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. 10 organic flavors and convenient liquid packets. Just add 16 ounces and you are on your way. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hi, this is Trent Clark, and welcome to the Winners Find A Way show. I am the CEO of Leadershipity. I am a serial entrepreneur. I spent over 12 years in professional baseball coaching in three World Series, and I speak on a stage internationally all over the world. And I have a fabulous friend with me today, Alexandra Efimova. And Alexandra, say hello. Trent, great to be on your show. And from the first day we met a few years ago, I always been contagiously engaged with your energy, with your enthusiasm, and with your commitment to help other entrepreneurs succeed. It's a great pleasure to be on your show today. Wow, Alexandra, that means so much to me. I love that. Our show, and Alexandra, was a, she's a one percenter, folks. You're going to love it. Our show is all about that time. And I want you to think, have you ever faced stiff adversity? Felt like the losses are mounting? You need to find a better way? I think you came to the right place. Whether you are already an entrepreneur, an elite athlete, a business leader, or you're just looking to start your journey today to being elite, this is the place for you to learn. And that's what we provide each and every week. Check us out on our show, our podcast, subscribe, like us, love us. We love you and we're happy to bring it to you. So Alexander, for everyone, if you have a message to give or a question to ask Alexandra during the show, please put in the chat. I will try to monitor the chats on the different live feeds. And I thank you for all being with us and joining. And I will have a time at the end where we're going to do that. I want to talk quickly, Alexander, about a few highlights about you. But before I do that, why don't you tell them where they can find you online? Like, how do they get in touch with you if they say, I want to know about you? Trent, thank you for the, such a warm introduction. My website is alexandra.com. My Instagram is alexandra.y.com. FMOVA and my LinkedIn is Alexandra FMOVA. All right. So let's get into Alexandra. She's the CEO of the RP Group International, founded in 98, a premier brand of footwear, apparel, accessories, and wellness products. You may know the brand Russian Point, a very favorable brand, especially in the dance world, of course. And on wellness side, Flex. She is the CEO of FLX. Flex, extensive experience in entrepreneurship, collaboration among individuals, organizations business, nonprofit, governmental education sectors, executive diploma from Harvard, went to Eastern Michigan University. You were the EY Entrepreneur of the Year finalist in 17. Pretty awesome. You've been on the Inc. 5000 list. Awesome. Featured in many news, NBC, Newsweek, Bloomberg, Forbes Women, Cranes Detroit. You've done a ton of things. Let me pause there before I tell them more about you. But like, that is a lot. You know, one of the things that I love about you is that you have just never stopped. You just keep delivering like high quality information and content and products to people in a space that where wellness and the quality of those products in that space 
maintain their wellness through that. And I think it's so important. Talk to us a little bit about, about your mission there. Thank you, Trent, for such a warm um, introduction. And you know, when you say it all together in this 30 seconds, it does seem like a lot. But oh, it is a lot. When I go and do it every day, it just seems like that's what naturally needs to happen. We have a goal. We need to step. We have an objective. We have a challenge. We need to overcome it. We have an opportunity. Let's take it on. I do a lot of hiking. I'm actually in Park City, Utah right now for the entire month to conquer some of these mountains here. And I start the hike. Sometimes I can't even see the tip of the mountain, right? It could be covered in snow. It could be covered with the clouds, but I know it's there. It's another 14 that I want to conquer. And what do we stop? We stop with not tripling on the next rock. We stop, uh, start on crossing that creek. And one step at a time, it goes uh, further and further. So this is how it's been in my life in all aspects with the business, with nonprofit organizations, with uh, positions I've been asked to hold, and with a lot of athletic activities as well. So you keep an eye on big goal on a far peak of the mountain, if you, even if you can't see it, but you focus on making sure you do the right thing right now on your small step in front of you. I love it. I mean, you were heavily involved in women's entrepreneurship, international relations. Want to get into that. Multiple boards, mentoring, consulting, coaching. And I think there is kind of a theme here of students, of entrepreneurs, of athletes. There's a tribe that you kind of subscribe to. Is that fair? Well, I chose my businesses to be in the field that I'm actually very passionate about. And dance uh, was my childhood passion. I danced in Russia in St. Petersburg. Then I danced for University of Michigan ballroom dance team as net. So that's how the Russian Point uh, brand started. And then it evolved into FLX and uh, many other things. So I always aligned what I do professionally with what I am passionate about as an individual where I see the mega growth in our world as an industry, right? There's mega growth, mega industries that we're seeing even right now, right? Mobile lifestyle, people live longer, focus on wellness and health, uh, technology, right? So I always look for that industry that is growing because building business is hard, but it is easier to build a business in the industry with a tailwind than a headwind. Yes, And I also look for the things that have a positive impact on people and what people are willing to pay for and where my skills are. So somewhere between those four big circles of my passions and hobbies, mega trends, my skills and expertise and what people are willing to work for, I found those golden circles of the things that I focus both personally and professionally. And that's how the mentorship also came out because I want to mm. share it with other aspiring entrepreneurs. Because when I started the business at age 20, it was really, really hard. I didn't have coaches. I didn't have mentors. And I probably would have gone faster and more successfully if I had somebody to guide and coach me. But over the times, mm. I learned that I need to ask for help and I need to be not to be shy and uh, ask advice, ask for help, and most importantly, listen to it. I think that's really, by the way, great plug for a coach, folks. Did you hear that leadership? You need a coach? Like, Get yourself a coach. Get yourself a trusted advisor, a guide. I love that. And I think you're so right. And you know, from an athletic standpoint, where I came from and theater, I mean, it's constant feedback, coaching, feedback. That sounded good. Got to lighten the tone here. Got to get your elbow up and play. You know, it's always constant feedback, not coachable, you know, not getting it, doesn't have the ability to adapt. I mean, all these things come in and it hurts us. I want to jump to Russian Point for a minute because big celebration, 21st anniversary now for Russian Point. And you launched 
the five, six, seven, eight podcast, right? Yeah. So actually, we this year we celebrated twenty third anniversary of Russian oh, Point. Bad. I my started bad. the company in ninety eight. On the twenty first anniversary, two years ago, I started oh, okay. podcast five, six, seven, eight podcast for yes. people in the move where we talk about goal setting, overcoming challenging, role models and mentors, finding your niche in the industry. And most of my audience and the guests are dancers or people in the dance industry. But you know what we really talk about applies to everybody. And then also in 2019, two years ago, I acquired FLX Stretch Training Company. I love it. So I was a huge fan of fame growing up. And, and by the way, Alexandra and I only grew up about an hour apart. And I want to talk a little bit about your, well, in a way, okay? I want to first of all talk a little bit about the Russian immigration over to Ann Arbor, Michigan area. And I'm a Battle Creek, Michigan product here. So that is about 78 miles apart, like where we are. But, but we didn't meet till I think I was in my 40s. So I was you know, later that we met. But I grew up on fame. I love that show. And I, I just think of Debbie Allen, you know, the actress, five, six, seven, eight, let's go, let's hit it, you know, and, and she's coaching and she's giving it. And so when you had that podcast name, I just loved it. I was like, oh, that just, that takes me back to, here we go, five, six, seven, eight, like, here we go. This is a get ready. It's about to happen. And for people who haven't been around the theater or dance, like, this is the cue. It's go time. It's go time in, in dance and go time in life and go time in business. I love it. So let's talk for a minute about, so you're Russian and Mick, I mean, I love your name is like so pretty, right? Like, I don't know if everyone sees it. They see how we spell your name, right? Very quickly. They go, oh, wow, Alexandra. Like, I recognize that name is not the English speaking, right? Or the English way to spell. So I don't know if people always know when they meet you that you are Russian and you came here at what age to the United States? I came in 1993. I was one month away from turning 16 years old and we wow. came with my family to Narbra, Michigan. My stepfather is American. He was a U.S. Naval officer, graduate of Georgetown and University of Michigan MBA. He met my mother in Narbra when she was invited to come and teach art for several months and it's a lovely love story. Um, they fell in love and uh, we moved here in the summer of 93. That's awesome. And so you, and of course you went on to do ballroom dancing for the University of Michigan. Tell me a little bit about what you've seen there as far as, I mean, people love ballroom dancing now, right? They put it on TV shows. They've done all sorts of different things. Like when I was a kid, you know, when I thought of ballroom dancing, I thought of like Lawrence Welk, right? Like that was kind of our association. Now we think ballroom dancing, the skill the technique, the fitness, costume, like it's it pageantry, right? And it's, it's something really now that I find people have, at the most unlikely people I meet are passionate about it and into it. And I'm like, really ballroom dancing? And they're like, we love it. Wow, it's awesome. Well, the beauty of dance in general is that it's an incredible workout. It helps with the posture, flexibility, and head-eye coordination through your entire day, specifically about ballroom dancing, there's such a wide spectrum, right? There's everything from sexy salsa to romantic foxtrot yeah. and Viennese, from seductive yeah. Argentine tango and everything else in between. So really yeah. you can find the type of dance or the group of dances that fits your personality the most and your partners and for your physical abilities, right? We see seven-year-olds doing ballroom dancing and then we see 80 and 90-year-old doing ballroom dancing. So it's really a form of dance and exercise for 
forever. Plus, it's a great social activity. So if you and your partner choose to do some salsa dancing or Argentine tango, I mean, it just becomes one more thing that binds you, unites you, creates some chemistry, and it's a great way to uh, steal the dance floor at the next wedding party. That's right. I love it. We've had dance studios in our country forever, right? Like, and I don't know if people always notice them. Like, if you drive by, like, hey, here's a dance studio right over here. And if you don't frequent those, you may not notice them, but they are almost in every city. You have it regular. So I want, I want to pivot here to a little bit about you as a child, right? I mean, 15, 16 years old coming over here, that may be impactful, but tell us the most impactful pivot point you had as a child or as a teen when you knew you were destined or at least wanted, you know, for entrepreneurship, owning your own brand, like really taking this autonomous role of developing and then developing your team and this service and this product and the give and the mission that you are on today. Trent, it's a very good question. And now I live in America for 28 years. So to answer your question about my passion and entrepreneurship, I'm going to take a step back to my childhood in Soviet Union and put a little bit of a framework around how I grew up and really what my upbringing was, because it's very different from most of our audience. So yes. growing up in Soviet Union, it was just as Soviet Union was. Everything was controlled by the government. Everything was provided by the government. Healthcare. And, and, and I don't want to interrupt you, but we are Cold War kids, right? I mean, this was late 70s, early 80s when you're small. And, you know, this is pretty heavy Cold War. We had the, in, in the US, we knew well about our, Carter went through the whole 40 that was kept in, in Afghanistan. I mean, that at that time, I think it was Afghanistan at the time. And I mean, it was a longstanding thing that we're going on that I remember tracking in elementary school and it was Cold War drills, like under the desks, this could happen and things were that. So I want to preface that to take people back to a time that was a very serious, this was not a Russia and US was in a lovey-dovey relationship in any way. Very true and very well said. So we were doing the same thing on the other side of the ocean. We were drawing uh, drills under our tables. That's right. And uh, there was military training in public schools where we literally learned how to wear a gas mask and how to take a gun apart and put it back together and march to the flag. So all of that was, you know, reality. And all men were mandatory going to the army for two years upon the graduation from high school. Uh, so everything was provided by the government. Government gave us housing, depending quota that they decided how much housing and how many square meters per person we should have. And then if you have more kids in the family and you exceed that quota, they put you in line for the next few years until the next buildings will be built where you'll get a quota. And then they'll give you that house or apartment in a neighborhood in the building that is just available. Not that you want to live in that neighborhood or you want your kids to go to that school or it's convenient to your work. That's what just they gave you. They provided healthcare. So healthcare was free, if we can call it free. But then you would stay in line for hours to see a doctor. You will wait for weeks and months to get a surgery. You'll stay in, go to the drugstore and the pharmacist will say, I'm so sorry, there's no medicine on the shelves. Mm. And hopefully in a week or two, we'll get another delivery. Yes, maybe it will cost a dime, but there's nothing to buy. But another big thing that separates Russia, Soviet Union from America is back then, there was no privately owned businesses. So everybody worked for the government. Everybody made the same amount of money, whether you were a janitor, 
teacher or brain surgeon. And the, I did not grow up in the environment where I even heard about opportunity to own your own business. None of my relatives own a business. It was a completely foreign concept for me. So yeah. when I came to America with America is the land of opportunity, I was blessed to have some business classes at the high school. And uh, in one of our business classes, we literally learned how to fill out our own tax return and learn what is taxes. And how do you pay taxes? How do you fill this out? How do you actually yeah. make it? So I actually filled out my own first tax return in high school. And that was a great learning experience. So I hope yeah. the schools continue teaching things like this. And then when I was in university, my university, Eastern Michigan, offered an entrepreneurship class. And that was back in the 96, 97. So the whole entrepreneurial spirit was really in its birth stages when it comes to universities and mm -hmm. comes to business organizations. Like you and I met at the entrepreneur organization. There's so many organizations now available. Back in the late 90s, not so much, especially when it comes to students. But my university was, the, was one of the first ones to offer entrepreneurship class. And that's when my eyes started opening up. I'm like, mm. this is amazing. I can have my own business. And it just sounds like really American dream for me. So that's how I came to the idea is that I want to do this. I love it. Well, it's so interesting because I don't think most people can process being a 14, 15 year old kid and not considering like we walk into the ice cream shop or we walk into the hair salon or we walk into Home Depot. And what, what do you mean you can't own your business? Everybody owns a business. In fact, five of my friends down the street, their mom or dad owns a company, right? And so we hear it all the time of people that own the dry cleaners and we know their families. And, and so it's not foreign in any way to us. And then when you talked about that, I mean, I was staggered. You know, we talked, we've talked a lot about this, you know, offline, but I, I just was staggered about you getting medical treatment as a child and being in a hospital room with 16 other kids. Like this isn't, we don't understand that here. Right. Like we don't, what do you, what do you mean with 15, 16 other kids? How's that work? Right. I was in a toilet down the hallway for the entire floor. One. For the entire floor at a hospital where, the toilet is a pretty important thing, usually in a hospital, right? I mean, yeah. people aren't exactly healthy here where we're at, right? Let's move to, I love this quote by Chris McChesney and Sean Covey. They wrote a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution. As you probably have read it, you're a well-read person. Winners, when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. So let's talk a little bit about your background. I mean, that, that allowed you to overcome, become one of the 1% in business and life here. I mean, very few people get to own a brand like you do. And I mean, and you've done it now over 23 years. And we know as entrepreneurs, the five-year mark is like a huge hurdle. Like if you get there, it's like victory is mine, <laughs> you know, 23 years. Like that's amazing, right? So talk to me a little bit about on this journey where did you ever feel there was a time where you were just up against it? You were just down, you know, maybe not out, but you felt like, hey, this is getting pretty dark and you had to come back and win. Maybe down, but not out. Tell me a time in your life that you kind of felt that way. A road to success is never paved with uh, trophies and awards. It's like an iceberg, right? 10% of the iceberg is on top and 90 is underground, under the water. So 90%, it's the hard work. It's the hurdle. It's the blisters of hard work. It's the pain and it's the failures. I had, I started the company in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And then 2005, I moved to Chicago because I felt like for the growth of the international brand in a field of the apparel and footwear and the arts, I would benefit from being in a big city. So I settled in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And 
and opened a beautiful office in downtown. In addition, I opened a beautiful retail showroom store. And being brand new in the city, still struggling to build a business, not having really a mentors, coaches, or investors, it was very, very challenging. I had to rebuild my whole team from ground zero of hiring people. I didn't have any friends. And um, Chicago is a great city for opportunities, but also it's a tough city. Like to, It's brutally cold in the winter. There is 11 million <laughs> yeah. people. So there's a, you need to really work hard. And I remember yes. in one week, my store was flooded and the office in the warehouse was all together. It all got flooded. And the same week we had a fire. So I just wish it all happened in the same hour. Maybe it would even each other out, but no, it didn't. And you kind of look at this situation and you say, am I going to rebuild? Am I going to, what am I going to do? I mean, and it's all on my shoulders. I wasn't even 30 years old back then. And what helps me keep moving in the challenging situations like this, just like situation we all faced a little bit over a year ago with COVID when my sales dropped 90% because recitals mm. were canceled, summer camps were canceled, gyms oh, were closed, yeah. stores were closing, right? What do you do? Yeah. Do you pull yourself together and you fight through without knowing what's on the other end? And how long is that tunnel of darkness? And when are you going to see any lights? And is it going to be the lights of the field and the fresh air? Or is it going to be a train moving towards you where the headlines is going to hit you again? So moments like this helps me go back to the core reasons why I chose to be an entrepreneur back 23 years ago. And over the years, the reasons why I chose to be an entrepreneur and why I continue choosing to be an entrepreneur change because the life change, I change, the world change, my needs and desires and goals change. To do this journaling on a regular basis and ask yourself those big questions is it still relevant what I do? Why do I choose this way versus that way? Why do I choose to be entrepreneur versus work for somebody? Why do I choose to be entrepreneur in this business and not in another? Why do I choose to live in this city and not that? Because we all have regrets down the road when we hit hard times. And it's so important in those moments of regrets to me, not to blame myself and not to make a quick decision to quit, but to go back to the core and realize why I made this decision back then, and I'm continuing with this. Through many challenges from the fire to the flood in the same week, to the COVID, to the employee committing theft, through the economic challenges from the volcano in Iceland that shuts down all the airways for months. Yeah. And we all face it for internal and external reasons, but we need to know and be very clear and actually write it down for ourselves so we can turn fully clear on why we chose this path so we can't blame anybody. Because at one mm. point of our life, we need to take full responsibility and accountability for our personal decisions because there was nobody else that should be blamed. I love that. I think that's so good. There's two things I, when I think about you being down and out, right? The first is related to your climbing. You're a very experienced and high-level climber and hiker. And, and so we talked a little bit about this before where most people want to head up to the peak and I may not even be able to see where that peak is. I ultimately know where I want to get. There are going to be challenges on this way and like I'm going to overcome them. I'm going to the peak 
It's where it's my end goal. And I also know it's not going to be easy. And so I'm prepared for that. Uh, so that's one thing I want you to talk a little bit about. And the second thing is after seeing what you've seen as a young lady growing up in the Soviet Union at the time, which was pretty tough. I mean, it was tough times there. And in fairness to them, I mean, economically, things weren't always perfect either there. So, but you know, does it does anything seem so hard to overcome now for you? Because you're like thinking, hey, I'm here and I got a chance, right? So tell, tell me about those two things. So let's um, start with the last question. Okay. Growing up in the conditions when the government shuts off your hot water on a regular basis, just because, and sometimes it's a month at a time and people have little babies, people need to wash dishes, people just need to take a shower. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up in a country where you stay in line for food every single day. It wasn't American propaganda when you saw pictures of people staying in line. That's what it was. And then the grandma goes to the store, goes in line for meat, and then puts me in line for bread. And by the time that line reaches, they might run out of that food or any food, but it uh, two people before you, and you have no control over it. When you wait to see a doctor and there's no medicine or no hospital beds available, when you take public transportation and you're stuck in the public transportation like sardines, and there's no other way to get to work and school and you still do this, and living in a 600-square-foot apartment, five family members, and thinking mm. this is a luxury because somebody across the hallway has only 450. So when mm. you live through all of these conditions and at the same time, you have great conversations over the table with your friends. You yes. share simple meals, whether it's a piece of bread with some jam that you picked at the, mushroom, at the forest and you participate in the arts, you learn the sports, you appreciate your culture and poetry where you came from and high education. When you come to America where things just work, it is so mind-boggling to me that, first of all, somebody would not appreciate just the convenience of life here. Somebody yes. wouldn't appreciate the opportunity this country presents. And most importantly, being rewarded for these opportunities. To me, this is, you know, it's now hands to, to build. We're not entitled to anything. But if right. the America presents you and is a land of opportunity to be the best you can be, it is still our work and our commitment and our diligence that will help us earn that. Mm -hmm. So that's my take, seeing what we can do here and really seeking this and taking this. And especially we live in such an interesting time. I mean, we have such a diversity already of people who succeeded, right? We have leadership positions that are now taken by people of all kinds of backgrounds, religious backgrounds, cultural, ethnical. I mean, of young people. We have 27-year-old congresswoman and congressman, and I think that's remarkable. Look at the bigger picture. Look, decide for yourself where you want to go, who you want to be as an individual, what kind of projects you want to work on? What kind of problems you want to solve? And who do you want to surround yourself with? And do mm. something every day to move you towards those goals. And do choose something that you actually love and you believe in. Well, I love that. As you talk about that, I, I don't think about in my mind until you said it, when there's a challenge, right? And we're losing. 
What we do know is there's a bunch of resources to help us win. Like you said earlier, there's coaches. There's I can get better. I can train. I can do all these things. I can get better equipment. I could call and I'll be a better dancer. If I get better gear, I could call Alexandra. I mean, there's all sorts of resources available. Where you describe that made me feel like I don't have any resources because I don't get to control that the food ran out three people before me. And it's not like I'm going out and having a farm. I have 600 square feet, right? Like that's all I get. And I don't have land. I don't. I don't have equipment to do it. There's the resources just aren't available. And, and I think it's the only thing I, an injustice of thought, but the only thing I can equate it to as a 50 year old man with five kids is how much resource technology is brought to my children that we didn't have when I was in school. I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I had to find this stuff, like we actually did all have encyclopedias, right? Because you had to look up the data and you had to go to the library and find 20 books and go sit in there for six hours. And now we Google it in 12 seconds. We know the information, right? And I'm thinking the resources are so different that they have that we didn't. And when I hear I can't do something out of these young kids, I freak out. I'm like, oh my gosh, don't even use that word around me, man. I will lose it, right? So talk to me now. Let's pivot a minute. And thank you for those words. I mean, I tell you that that makes me feel it makes me feel proud as American as just like what we provide. I, immigrants have built this country from the word go. And that's the reality of the deal. And we and that was the, the entire design was to provide opportunity for people. And like we know, there are no guarantees in this life. We're not promised tomorrow. And uh, no one's immune from uh, facing our, uh, our maker probably at one point. That will happen and we're not going to outlive it. So let's pivot, though, to the climb, the climb of these challenges. Like you don't always know, but yet you've got skill, you've got repetition, you've got experience. Talk to me about why it works on the climb and you reach your goal and what you expect. Talk to me a little bit about that. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Do you want to be our next guest? Or do you have inspiring stories to share? Or do you love to inspire, support, and empower thought leaders? Feel free to send Trent a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Leadershipity.